Hi, beautiful, and welcome to Self Carve, a podcast all about self love and success. I'm your host, Ivana Ritchie, and I'm here because I want you to have it all. I don't want you to settle for less. I want you to carve yourself and create the life of your dreams. And because of this, not only will I be sharing my knowledge with you, but I'll be inviting some amazing women who are all highly successful and they will be sharing their stories with you as well. A woman who's self-carved knows that there is nothing she can do to change her past, but that she has all the power and all the magic to create the best version of herself and attract anything that she desires from a man to money to whatever, right? So I'm so happy that you're here. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Self Carved. I'm so happy to be here, and I'm not here alone this week. I have an amazing guest, a coach. She is many wonderful things, and you'll be hearing about it, but she is an inner child healer. She is a shadow worker. She works with family to break generational curses. She is a Reiki master. She's a public speaker, a published writer. I mean, what else? She helps people heal through crystals too. She helps them manifest their their desires. So it's so much. And it's crazy that one person can be so talented and so impactful at once. So Leah, thank thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here today. Can you hear me? <laughs> Are you here with us, Leah? It the is world is Leah. <laughs> thank you for the introduction. That was like, wow, thank you. <laughs> so for anyone listening to you'll you'll notice throughout our interview that this is not the first time we're speaking. Uh, Leah and I have known each other for about two years and not only become great friends, but we have uh, collaborated a lot business-wise too. So this is going to be really magical and I'm so excited. So let's, so let's dive in. (laughs) So one thing I've always loved is your energy and your soul. You're so, so warm and your energy is so transferable. So why do you think that is? And why do you think that some people don't have that? Some people come off as more frustrated and angry while some people come off as so happy and loving. Why do you think that is? And other people can't feel it. For sure. Well, my, my energy is not always this high. Um, I wish I could claim it was, but I'm not always like this. Um, my son will tell you. However, most of the time, I'm a very happy medium. And there was a time in my life that I definitely wasn't. And my energy was very low and I took everything so personal and got mad so easily and thought the whole world was out to get me. And it put me in this very low state of mind. Um, And when I started doing a lot of inner work, I noticed that even though I was doing these things and improving, I still was feeling really depressed. And then when I figured out and learned about energy work and how that really goes hand in hand with spiritual work, then I started seeing a major transformation on how people perceive my energy. And that was because I had 
a lot of um, toxic energy left from the stuff that I healed. And it was still brewing around and coming out of me, so to speak. And people definitely can feel that. So I think it's just the difference of um, what you've got going on energy-wise as well, if that makes sense. <laughs> well, absolutely, it does. Which uh, actually brings about the question, what is energy work? And what is the difference, follow-up question, what is the difference between spiritual work and energy work? Yeah, so spiritual work um, is any work that, or this is the way I interpret it, it's any work that moves your spirit, right? So anything that gets you feeling more connected to you and connected back to what connects you. For me, that's my relationship with God, with source, right? I have to have that connection where I get access to hearing wisdom and, you know, all of that. I have to have that. So everyone is different. But um, spirituality and being spiritual um, is really just being in aligned with the things that move your soul and making sure that you make time for them um, and keeping yourself connected. Energy work is literally moving energy around your body. So all of us and everything is made up of energy. And it kind of puts out this vibration to the world, right, of what it is or if it's high, if it's low, if it's something we should approach, if it's something we should run from, you know. So energy contains that vibration that either you, you are attracted to it or you, something's telling you not to be. We are made up of energy and water are the two main things that we're all made up of. And there are many different centers in our body that are little wheels that spin energy around, which are called chakras. However, there's seven main ones, right? And there's also seven basic human needs that most people, well, not most people, that humans literally need to feel loved, supported, to feel like their highest self, to feel a connection they need to have these seven basic needs met. Well, it's no, you know, it's not ironic that we would also have seven energy centers. Well, those are all also connected to emotions just as much as they are energy. So if you've had um, something very traumatic happen in your life, like a divorce, you know, relocating, um, even marriage, anything where it's a, a huge shift, um, that can cause a shift in your energy, right? And in your energy centers. So when that happens, um, the will may go off balance, it may get clogged, and the other energy doesn't get through the way that it needs to, and that can cause all kinds of things to happen. And we can get into that later too. So doing energy work is making sure that that chakra system is working properly so that you're breathing properly, you're circulating properly, mentally, spiritually, and it's keeping your system afloat. That was very beautifully described. I was like, I almost fell asleep saying that. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I love it. 
And the thing is, for me, I always love to simplify things for people, right? Okay. A lot of people, yes, absolutely. <laughs> some people might be hearing it for the first time. Some people may be seasoned. Some people may be in between. So, but either way, it's always good to have repetition. So I love how you described it. It's a beautiful way to look at it. I do want to touch more about spiritual, talk more about spirituality and religion, but let's talk first a little bit more about why do these energy centers get blocked? What is it that is causing it? Is it the trauma? Is it something that can happen at any time in their lives? What is it that causes us to have that energy get stuck in these different centers and not flow the way it's supposed to? Yeah. So it happens, um, most of the time it happens the very first zero to seven years of our life. Um, because that is in the, that has to do with our brain waves, as you know, um, and has to do with how you process things at that age. So for the first seven years of your life, when you process things, you process them with no filter of how it's supposed to be, right? So that's just your own opinion, but there's nothing else but your zero to seven-year-old opinion in there. And then what happens is when you start, um, having those people kind of dive in and give you opinions of how you should be, how you shouldn't be, this is okay, it's not, that changes that filtering system. And when it changes that filtering system, um, that also changes that energy system. So everything before you react starts going through that filtering system. And so when you respond, even though you think you're responding based on that situation, you're responding actually based on that filtering system. Hmm. And remind me and what the question was, because I think I got off on a little rant there. No, that's it. I was, uh, I was asking, what is it that causes the energy? Oh, yes. Yeah. And so also it's anytime. Thank you. Anytime that you have a fight or flight response, there's been a fear activated um, or something has happened, right? Then what happens is um, that creates almost like a shock to your system. And so sometimes, let's say that um, there was something traumatic that happened to you, right? And it taught you to be very careful with your heart. So anytime that someone says, hey, baby, hits on you, you don't know why, but it triggers you, right? No matter how much work you do, it just keeps triggering you. Well, that energy was created and that response was created by something that altered the way you saw it or the way you were supposed to see it. So then when that happens, that forms energy in that center, so in the heart, or if you never spoke your truth, you always had to be quiet as a kid, you will create energy that is going in your throat that is gonna automatically respond when you go to voice your opinion, it's gonna respond, that energy. Because that's what's brewing in there until you move it out. Spirituality moves your soul, moves your mind, but energy work moves the things literally out of your body. Hmm, it's pretty deep. I love it's it. It's really deep. Yeah, it's really deep. And that kind of, is that similar to what you were talking about 
So Leo was talking about the other day about how we make different associations to words, right? And even experiences then. So if you are experiencing someone's treatment as such, or that one time it was so emotionally loaded for you, now when someone else comes around and tries to do the same thing, but with a different intention, now you're totally blocking that and now you're reliving it, right? The fight mm -hmm. or flight may come back and now we continue to jack up this energy over and over again. Is that how it continues and then just gets more clogged up or is that the basically the, the cycle that continues or? Yeah, so your body talks to you all the time and your body is telling you all the time, this either feels great to me this feels scary to me or this doesn't feel good at all. And when you keep sending it the same toxic energy, your body doesn't want that either. So at first your body's cool with it, right? But then eventually your body starts sending you signs like um, anxiety in your chest or tons of pressure in your shoulders and in your neck. And you're like, where the hell is this coming from? If you ever look up online a free resources, Louise Hay has, she spent, I don't know how many years, doing research on what emotions physically do to the body and how if you even have a foot cramp, what that really symbolizes that you um, are afraid to move forward and to step into your path. Like it's all symbolic, right? So um, with that being said, when you have these emotions and these emotions are, are triggered, they're causing reactions in your body parts. And if you ignore that, then what happens is it can become a health issue. So if you had a ton of sexual trauma and you didn't do any work like spiritual work to remove that out, energy work, then what happens is your body may start where you have cysts and fibroids and all these other problems, really heavy cycles. That is your body's way of saying you have toxic energy in there that if it's not fixed, that toxic energy is going to become something that becomes a health risk. Yes, absolutely. It makes a lot of sense. And would you say that most, which I mean, science is saying it more and more, that most, um, most diseases that we're seeing today or most um, these sicknesses that people are experiencing cysts like you said and cancers and all those things they self-made oh that's a hard one um that's a hard one because of you get into kids that have have that and i don't really i still don't know how i feel about all of that and that's another show another day um but well i could get in some people believe that when you come here, that you have signed basically a soul contract to, to attend what we call earth school. And that when you're at earth school, there are certain things that you have to literally um, learn and master while you're here so that you can move on and not have to continue to repeat life um, in this way to learn your lessons, your soul lessons that you can only learn as a human. So some people believe that anytime that something like that happens with a kid, even though we're not understanding that, is that they signed up to fulfill this, this kind of task or quest this time that they're here. 
and that we don't know that this could have maybe been their fourth time here, fifth time here, but it looks a certain way to us, but that the soul signed up knowing it was going to go through that. Other people believe, how on earth could I ever believe that? I lost a child. You have no idea what that's like. You know, so it's, it's, that's a very fine, fine line. However, I do believe that sickness is 100% um, can most of the time um, be cured or lessened the symptoms and things by healing the emotion. You know, so even if you are sick and you start really working, you hear people all the time that have healed themselves from cancer. Yes, yes. So, yeah. so, so often. <laughs> right? They're like, screw it. I'm not taking this medicine. I'm going to try literally like sunshine and happiness and think they're nuts. And then all of a sudden it's a Hallmark movie that got, you know, but they, you, they healed the emotion is what they did. And so the emotion then, you know, is not sending all those alerts to the body because they also got the sickness out too and didn't bring it right back. Absolutely, absolutely. Interesting, interesting. So let's, <laughs> let's talk about you. Let's uh, talk about some of the things, however much you feel comfortable. What are some things that happened in your life that made you feel called to do this work? And then we can take it on to talk a little bit more about inner child healing, what that's about, and why it's so important to continue to talk about that and continue to, to, to heal our inner child. So let's start with your journey first, and then we will take it there. You got some popcorn? <laughs> You're going to need some popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all going to need some, okay. We'll do the show. wine, some popcorn. Right. More. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I could listen all day. <laughs> Popcorn shrimp. Okay. <laughs> so on a serious note. So a lot of it stemmed from um, how I grew up, right? Um, I grew up seeing firsthand um, how you can be successful at work and how you can, people can see you a certain way and you've got it all together. But when you come home, you lose your shit. Right. And so I grew up watching my father. Um, he was an amazing man, but he really just couldn't win his fight with depression. And he would look, you know, for for relief in the bottle. He would look for it um, in a prescription. And he just sadly couldn't find it there. And unfortunately, um, I lost him um, to suicide over that. And so that was when, that was about six years ago. And I also grew up um, seeing my brother battle very young, um, really trying desperately, I think, in many ways to figure out what was going on with him, but he was battling as a teenager um, with depression and, and with other things. And I think that was really hard on him and it caused a lot of problems in our family. Um, and my mom did everything she could try to do to really hold our family together, but it took a toll on her too. And so I, I started seeing, um, those things at a young age and 
I also was going through my own things. I was really struggling with accepting myself. Um, hated the way I looked. I was always picked on and made fun of. And um, then I went through this brief phase, like brief, brief, where I got to be kind of like, you know, in the in crowd for a little bit. And I let it get to my head and I started being kind of a bully myself and um, have spent a long time, you know, saying I'm sorry to those people because um, it's not a uh, phase I'm proud of at all. But I was also really a hurt kid hurting people. Um, so there was just a lot of battles with that and, and battling with um, really struggling in school. I actually dropped out of school when um, I was 16. 17 and um, ended up going back in my 20s. But yeah, I um, school is really hard for me and I couldn't catch on like other kids. And it was something that I was very embarrassed about. Um, so anyways, I got an opportunity when I was in my 20s. I had applied for this job I had no business applying for. And I sat down and I had this boss, I swear, that he was an angel, half angel, half devil, but, <laughs> but he saw something in me. And I had no business having this job, but I had no masters. I had barely any of the um, things they were wanting. And so he's like, have you worked with teens before? And I'm like, no, I've been a nanny. So anyways, he says, well, I just kind of want to warn you what you're in for. So I learned that these are runaway teens, teens that are in gangs. Some, some um, are awaiting trial. And so there was not enough warnings. But I took the job, and it was the best yes I ever said yes to in my entire life. These kids were just, they changed my life. But I saw what mental illness was doing to them and to their families and how crazy it was that they could transform, like even with years of therapy, years of doctor's visits and everything, nothing made them transform like inner child work. And it was something I found on an accident because I had a boss that said, do whatever you gotta do as long as it's legal. Just you know, do what you gotta do if you think it's gonna make a difference for these kids. And so here I am, going in there and these kids are supposedly violent and all this stuff you know and i'm bringing mirrors mirrors they're like what is this white girl doing so i come in and <laughs> they do they just call me marcia brady and i came in and i have all these mirrors in there and i don't know how this is going to go am i going to get slashed you know what are we about to what's about to happen so i say to them <laughs> i want you to look in the mirror and I want you to tell me what you see. They were like, you know, I see somebody that can never fit in. And they kept saying, and it was just amazing what happened that day. And so I knew there was something that if I could help heal the disconnection inside, that everything else would connect. And so that became where my journey and passion really started, was there. That's powerful. It's amazing how it all worked out and brought, brought you to that place and then to your, to your mission. That is beautiful. So how long did you continue to do that? 
So I worked with my babies for um, seven years there, and it broke my heart. I was so sad. I was going through a, a divorce, and um, I had no plans of leaving. And then um, it was in my contract that I could not move to the, to the other state, which is Kansas. And so anyways, long story short, I had to leave that job, and it just it killed me. Um, but then I still worked with teens for about three years. And then I started working um, with women who had lost custody of their children. Um, and then mothers who had lost children. Wow. Um, and yeah. Hmm. Yes. Very, um, very powerful. <laughs> Deep. Yes. Special and beautiful. That's amazing that you were doing that. And did you... Was this when you started healing yourself too? Did you discover that you were still hurt while seeing these kids identifying the fragile parts in them? Is that? Yeah, I actually had no idea how much it impacted my life. Um, you know, when you're kind of numb to it, you just go on and it just feels like you're every day. So I really didn't have any idea how much it was impacting me, um, my past. And then these girls, like I would take them to an appointment and they would tell me things and I would start at night, I would start having very vivid dreams of things that happened. I had tuned out or blacked out and um, it was bringing up a lot of things in me. And that's one thing I have really learned also um, working with my clients is that God has a beautiful way because everything is so orchestrated. It's just so cool. But God has a way of always putting the most perfect client in your lap that is everything that you need to work on every time every time I get a new client I'm like what how did God like and now I have to help her work through what I <laughs> be working through and that, I agree <laughs> right it's the best best one of the best parts of it it's incredible because you all grow together like my client they I mean it's hard not to become friends with them because it's literally like you guys grow together it's so beautiful so yeah, that's what they did for me. The teens, like they literally changed my life because they forced me to see some things I had been running from. And I also, it gave me the courage that, oh my gosh, if they're 15 and they can do this, then I can do this. Absolutely. I love it. I love how humble you are. Yes. Well, thank you. I also learned I had some basketball skills I didn't know about. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> I would always battle it out on the basketball court. <laughs> Not even listening to you. <laughs> but uh I think it's so cool that you are saying that because there's a lot of people out there that once they become really good at something, they just see themselves as such experts and they continue to help people but they forget about themselves. They don't see themselves anymore. So I think that's very critical. I think it's awesome that you're bringing that up, when, especially for coaches or any coach that is listening right now, to check in with yourself and also use your clients to check in with yourself because oh, we that's do- what you're Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We do so much background work and then we, we just tend to forget about ourselves. So I, I love how you are how you're able to do that and continue to use that to grow and help them in the, in the meantime. 
Thank you. So now that you're not working with, well, you do work with kids still, but now that you have uh, female clients that you're working with and you're working with families, what, what does that look like? What kind of work do you do with them? Is it inner child healing? You do um, generational healing? What, what all happens? What kind of magic happens when you work with your clients? Yeah, so, so yes to all of that. Um, so I did step away from working in the professional aspect um, in the mental health field. And now I do as I'm an insurance broker during the day, I know. Um, but I have the best boss. But at night and um, on the weekends, well, and during the day sometimes, um, what I do is I have clients that um, they're, they're transforming. So their transformations all look different. So if it is a family, I like to, anytime that a mom comes to me and says, I have this kid and honey, she's, she's an angel, but there's something going on. I need you to talk to her. And I say, well, I will, but I can't help her until I help you. And that always catches them off guard. But I, that is one of my biggest beliefs is that if you heal the mother, you heal the child. And so I work with the mother um, and I say the word work, but you'll see that if you ever have a call with me, because almost all my clients are virtual, it's not work. It doesn't feel like work. Like it's like this. I make them laugh. Sometimes I literally have them make weird sounds if I can tell that they're like, I'm, I'm not getting through, you know? So um, they, sometimes it feels like they're laying down and they're doing a guided meditation with me. But what that is, is it's very much like a, hip, a hypnotism. However, it's just spoken words and I talk to their soul. Sometimes I'll talk to their inner child. Sometimes I talk to what I call as the wounded woman especially a woman that's had a lot of heartbreak from men. And so I'll go in and I talk to her. Um, I do what is called shamanic journeying. And so I was taught by a shaman um, on how to really respect the soul and talk to the soul in a way that you can go back and figure out where that soul kind of fragmented off. And you just talk to it almost very intimately and um, have it come back with the client. Sometimes the client hears me saying these things. Sometimes I just do it and they don't know. Um, and so that is very healing to the client. Sometimes I do what is called Reiki, um, an energy work on the client while they're on the phone or when they're not there. And that is to simply move that toxic energy out of their body so that we're not doing all this work and talking to a wall where it's all stuck. So we do that. Sometimes it's crystal healing. Sometimes it's journaling. Um, it just looks different, but it's pretty much the same with everyone, but they're just done whenever it's best for the client. Beautiful, beautiful, I love it. So a few questions, I'll try to do just one at a time. <laughs> so when you are doing, this is awesome, when you are doing the the energy healing, right? You're able to do that over the phone, over, over Zoom. Does this person truly have to be aware of what is clogged or what is going on and to be receptive to whatever you are saying? Or can you break through and release this without this person truly understanding this concept? 
Well, I believe, and I, I believe that the student has to be ready. You know, so um, I won't do any work on a client without their permission. Um, however, if there is a client that um, has told me something where there's, there's something going on and they're refusing um, treatment, but they definitely need it, you know, um, then I might intervene, but I have never done that without someone's permission. Um, but what they do is they simply lay down on they, when they're in person or when they're here. And even when I'm doing a crystal session and they're not there, I just make up a grid of their body and place those um, crystals on the chakras that I feel have the most trauma. And what I do is I um, connect to them. We do a little prayer and a grounding exercise and it allows me to tap into their energy. And I can feel where things are trapped in their body. Um, it's either, either a very low vibration or sometimes I'll see a color that will let me know that there is um, things that are not aligned or they're in the wrong places. And so that's what we do. We spend time moving that around. They don't feel, sometimes they don't feel anything. Then I have other clients that are like, oh my God, are you touching me? I can feel you. So it also depends on the client's energy. Because I had one girl swear I was in the room. I was like, girl, I'm not, I'm not Casper. I'm a <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I, love I wish it. I was sometimes. I'd be messing with people. <laughs> I'd be stealing chicken wings everywhere. <laughs> oh, Leah, Leah, Leah. So, question. I have so many questions. <laughs> but how do you <laughs> just keep firing, right? <laughs> just keep Go coming. So how does a person know what this person needs? So how do I know if I need someone to help me with energy work? And can I figure out where my energy is blocked? That's the first part. And then how do I know if I need crystal healing or some other type of healing? How do I know this? Okay. Well, everybody needs energy work. Everybody does, honestly. Um, because you have to have it somewhere to go. Now you have to let it go somewhere. However, Energy work can be different for different people. So energy work can be exercise, like you and Mr. Joshua, right? That would be exercising. That oh, is wow. it's true. You be when you're at the gym. So you move energy around. See, I wouldn't even go in there. You move energy around. And, <laughs> and um, when you're working out and when you're walking or when you're sweating, right? So that energy has somewhere to go. Every time that you take a deep breath out and a breath in, you move energy. But very few people breathe like that. We just, it's, we're always on this shortness of breath. And when you're stressed, you naturally shorten your breath. So you don't breathe the way you're supposed to. And because you don't exhale the way you're supposed to, that stuff remains trapped. Now, how you can tell if you need to be doing some um, chakra work is honestly, if you have tension in your body, you have energy stuck somewhere. If you um, are constantly fatigued and you're constantly irritated, um, you, like I said, you take things really personal. Um, anything that feels off is probably something in you that's off. 
And especially if you have physical symptoms that have manifested, meaning, you know, you're having a lot of pain in your right side ovary and stuff like that. Um, so you would want to, of course, seek medical attention first, but I mean, when you're doing energy work, you would want to make sure that you're breathing into those areas. So if you can't afford to call somebody like me, um, what you can do is on YouTube, um, what you can do is a free uh, body scan. I think I even have it on my channel. You can do a body scan and it will tell you what chakras to go to and where they're located in your body. And you scan your body to see how the energy feels. So I'll teach you a little exercise real quick. Okay. Hey. <laughs> you ready? Yes, absolutely. So you're gonna take your hands in like a prayer position. Okay. And then, oh, you already knew what to do. Okay, and then you rub them back and forth. And you're gonna keep doing that almost until it feels like it's gonna burn. Okay. Then when you're done, you're gonna slowly, very slowly pull them apart and you can feel energy. Feel that? Okay. So then what you would do is you would start at the top of your head, just at the crown. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you feel anything coming off? Yes. Okay. So I break it down. So that's good. So that means your crown is active. That's great. So then you're going to go down to your third eye. Mm. Okay. Does it feel as strong as the top of your head? Yeah, pretty much. So it's aligned. Then you're going to go down to your throat. Never physically touching your body, though. Felt good. <laughs> yes, and I still stand to see if it feels the same as your head and forehead. If it's if it's lighter, right? If the energy is lighter, that's saying, oh, this needs a little bit of attention. So then you'll go down to your heart. Still feeling it? Good, girl. That's what I'm talking about. That's a good life coach, y'all. Okay, then you go down to, <laughs> go down right under your rib cage. Okay. Still feel it? Good. Strong, but I still feel it vibrating. Okay. And so you'll just keep going down until, because you know you've got more. You're going to have seven total, then right above your belly button. And then you're going to go down into the root. So that's a quick way to be able to tell if they feel different and they don't all feel the same. The ones that feel lower vibration than the others, those just need some attention. If you don't feel anything at all in that chakra, it really needs attention. Now, there is a misconception in a label that people tend to think, oh my gosh, I'm blocked everywhere. If you were really blocked, okay, you have to understand that that whole energy circle, that whole will would be blocked. So no energy would be getting through. If that happened, then you would definitely have um, an obvious health issue. So if you don't have an obvious health issue, it's very rare that it's actually blocked. It could be clogged, but blocking is pretty it's pretty severe to label it. That gets a bad rap because it's not always automatically blocked. It just could be clogged.
Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, that was oh, awesome. Thank you. I'll finish there uh, with that. So on YouTube, um, there are body scans that you can do, right? And they'll walk you through how to breathe breath into those areas. So that is really the quickest way to get the energy moving is to do breath work. So if you simply just, you know, when you're scanning, you breathe in and try to focus your breath where your hand is and allow that breath to sit there for a while. Um, and that will help open those centers up. You can even do stuff like literally wear the color of that chakra and that will help wake that bad boy up. So there's all kinds of things you can do. Feel free to ask me about it or use Google. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure you'll have a lot of questions. That's <laughs> I was actually going to make it a joke and say, We're, what is blocked since I have a headache today? <laughs> and then you took me through the little scanning. So that was fun. So is it as simple as that? Or is uh, if you don't have frequent headaches, if they come occasionally for people that have different symptoms, is it usually the energy that is blocked or clogged? Or is it something as simple as just not paying attention. Well, yeah, it is. If we're not paying attention to ourselves, we're not breathing, like you said, but is, is, is doing that energy work eventually going to take those symptoms away? Yes. As long as you are also taking the behavior away. So if you're doing the, the energy work to really work on the emotion and you're taking the behavior away too, then it is most certainly going to work. But if you're working on the emotion, and insecurities about being overweight and then you do that and then you know you never get up and move and you order seven pizzas it's not going to work but if you are willing to also do the behavior that supports it you know all of, all of spiritual work i say this all the time it's never a one-stop shop you know it's a sandwich like it takes several layers um, to make it work. I have never met a soul that tried one thing and that one thing just <laughs> cured it all. I'll find out. My phone number is. <laughs> they want that, yeah. Real quick. <laughs> the quick fix. Yeah, Call for 19 and you get two energy healings. That's what they want. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, that's awesome. That's very detailed. So what is, what is it that the crystals do then? Let's talk about that a little bit. What is the purpose of utilizing these crystals to, for example, with the work that you are doing, you're placing them at the different energy centers. What is, what is the reason behind that? And why should people have crystals or do crystal healing? Okay. Crystals are a tool. They are a tool in your spiritual toolkit. So a crystal is all about energy. It is, there is no way that you could look at a crystal and deny that God exists. Like that bad boy is just every, it's just perfection. It really is perfection. So there is so much that that crystal had to go through to get to you and to your hands. And there is so much energy in that crystal. So when we were talking about vibrations earlier and frequencies and all these big scientific words, um, what happens is when you are attracted to a crystal or you pick up a crystal, a crystal sets off this vibration, this energy force. And it is said 
that the crystal that you're holding, especially if it's like a rose quartz, right? It has the vibration of what a healthy heart would be like, or even the same vibration of love or compassion, because they all have vibrations. Words have vibrations, all of it, right? So when you pick up a crystal, what you are doing is your body is responding to touching something that's at that healthy vibration of what you should be at. So when you are doing spiritual work on healing your heart, it's a beautiful tool that you can have that you use with meditation, you use with prayer. Once again, I don't believe it's something that can just be used alone. I think it has to have intentions set into it. Um, and it has to be combined with doing spiritual work. Absolutely. So we can't walk around angry all day and then come home and grab a crystal. And put it in your brow. And yes. they said in your Xena, the warrior princess. No. Awesome. Love it. Love it. So are you ready? So I want to talk about this. I've been wanting to talk to someone about this and hopefully whoever is listening right now wants to know more about this too. Let's talk about religion and spirituality. Oh girl, you had me so nervous. I thought I was a surprise guest and I was on Maury. I was like, oh my God, who's coming out? Okay, so about religion. And yes, what I want to focus on specifically, and this is what I'm seeing as I'm growing as a person, the more clients that I work with, the more that I expand my mind, my soul, my, my everything, my energy, right? As a, the more that I'm working on everything that has to do with me and working with people in the process, I am seeing people around me and this quite many of them that are so obsessed with this is how it is, right? And they are such hard believers. And it doesn't matter what religion, right? We're not talking about a specific group, but they're such hardcore believers, but their life reflects something completely different. And I'm seeing this so much. And I have a lot of clients tell me this too. So I really want to talk about this and get your input on this. Okay. Well, from my understanding is that I, I think this is also in the spiritual community too. People, people get um, very obsessed with a quick fix. Okay. So there's a beautiful thing that happens when you go to church. When you go to church, you're around everybody in there. Most of the time they're there for the same reason. They want a relationship, a connection, with the connector and they want healing of some sort, right? And so there's a connection with that. And then there's this beautiful music that has a vibration and all of that, right? I love music. And then you get a pastor, especially a really great pastor, like who I love, like T.D. Jakes, who's an amazing storyteller. I could listen to him talk all day. So you get, you get a pastor. And what happens is people get really attached to the pastor. And the pastor then does all the work for the congregation without the congregation realizing it. The pastor researches the message, studies the word, talks to God to get the sermon, then prays for everyone in the congregation. So everyone gets the healing, not all the time, but most time. They get the healing from the pastor. 
not because they went home and did the work on their own, studying the scripture, figuring out what God wanted them to know. Instead, they wait till Sunday for somebody who's done the work all week to deliver the word and then they get the reward. Well, what comes from that is a disconnection because they didn't develop the relationship on their own. So once they develop the relationship on their own, that to me is what spirituality is. There's just this hype and this misunderstanding that people who are spiritual are not godly, and it couldn't be further from the truth. It's right. that people that are spiritual don't want to have to depend necessarily on a middleman to form the connection. So they do the research on their own and figure out what feels best to their soul and then move forward on doing those things daily. Um, with religion, I think, unfortunately, sometimes um, it's seen as a way to control. And, you know, I could get on this subject. Um, this is a tough one, but religion, um, especially a lot of the scripture, we don't get to see what it was actually designed for us to see. So it's been proven, and I know that this will cause a debate, but that's okay. I'm good at that. So religion, um, the Bible in many parts have been altered for back in slavery days. Um, this is horrible to say, but masters um, started seeing very soon that when their slaves would go to church, they would feel empowered and, and that they could be free, right? And they started getting worried that they were going to run. So they quickly changed scriptures to reflect certain things and, and almost um, establish a fear of obeying and all these things, right? And so sadly, it took a turn from that. And some even believe that's, I know it's another subject, that's also when the image of Jesus was changed to reflect um, a white man, to be used as control. So there's all these things that go with that. Um, but at the end of the day, we could talk about, you know, religion and um, people, people being a sheep. But I think the premise is the same if you're religious or if you're spiritual. You desperately crave knowing where you really came from and knowing what you are a part of and why you're here. And if you can just get back to that and really establishing a connection and a relationship to who put you here, all that other stuff will fade away. You know, all these stipulations and all these rules, aka commandments and all these things we have to obey, um, the more you start to develop that relationship with you and what you're connected to, it's crazy how you see rules and what rules apply to you completely change, you know? But it's just having the desire to figure things out on your own. Yes, so much truth. Yeah, I just remember being little, and so much of the so much of religion didn't make sense to me at a very young age. I used to get in trouble if you can believe that, because I asked, I would ask questions. I would say, "Well, I don't understand. Why do we pray to the sun? I want to pray to the to the dad." <laughs> the sun and I would ask all kinds of questions about God I'm like I just want to learn about God Jesus is cool but I want to learn about God 
And I remember at a very young age saying to them, well, I think we all have powers like Jesus. And they're like, you know, I thought I was going to be sent to court. Like, but, um, and I still believe that. I still believe that Jesus was sent here um, to show us a representation of what your life and my life could be like if we actually had a relationship with God and nothing else got in the way. See, Jesus didn't have Facebook and Netflix. Jesus got to walk all day and talk to God, right? And nothing altered his faith. And because nothing altered his faith, he got just this ability to see who he was because nothing altered that. And I do think that we are all capable of some really incredible things. And I don't think there's anybody here that's not gifted. So I think once you start really tapping into who you are and learning who God is to you, you'll be shocked what gifts come out. We're all gifted. And I think that was the message is we were supposed to see that we are all capable of doing that if we follow the light. It's not that we're going to be punished, but we're definitely not going to be living like that. Yes. That's I wasn't awesome. expecting to go here, Eva. Yes. My password. <laughs> but that's what makes it so much better. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think it's a lot of focus on the outside things and not enough focus on his character, right? And yes, I hear a lot like, the reason why we uplift and celebrate and the reason why it's so huge to follow Jesus is because right despite of what people did to him he still maintained his peace his calm and still maintained that relationship right so I think it's important that when we uh, figure out a way to connect back with ourselves and really recognize like you said where we come from and everything that we possess then it's less focused on all these things around us they just automatically appear that we become a better person and we treat other better and all these different wonderful things that we're supposed to do, right? Not judge and all those things when we find a connection back with ourselves, right? And understanding where we come from. So I, I love how you describe that. Thank absolutely. Absolutely. Faith love over it. fear. Faith over fear. Yes, absolutely. So can a person believe in, can a person be Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, Hindu, and everything that we talked about today, is this all still applying or does this go against somebody's religious beliefs? I love to- One of my favorite yeah. questions. <laughs> you know how many times I get asked if I'm a witch and then I want to mess <laughs> and be like, well, I just put a spell on you. Did you feel it? Okay. <laughs> so no, this, okay. So this stuff is so, this stuff, it's so, most of it is so biblical. So do you remember in the Bible, because I know you follow that. So do you remember in the Bible how there was rubies and sapphires and how Jesus was like blown away by the beauty of the ruby and all of that? Okay. Well, that can also be called a crystal or a gemstone in today's age. So they've been around that long. And they were seen as beautiful then as they are now. And they were used in many parts of the Bible. Then you also even had essential oils back then that people consider witchcraft now. But essential <laughs> oils, frankincense and myrrh, are referenced, I don't know how many times in the Bible. One of the most symbolic scenes is when the lady washed his feet and she had no money, but she 
somehow could get you know access to that oil so it's always been seen as something very sacred and spiritual um even back then we've just twisted all this stuff for some reason so if you came to me and you said leah i have seen your future lenny kravitz comes to you and he pops the question right <laughs> now see that to me would be a prophecy <laughs> prophecy in the bible that would be a prophecy right if you saw something and it comes true that would be a prophecy and that is one of the most sacred gifts you can be given in the bible but if cleo tells you that she saw your future it's witchcraft so these things are in the bible but it's just we are so pulled away from trying to understand them that we label them as some way now as with anything there's good and bad there are people who have gifts of prophecy that choose to dishonor why they have it right there are people that um may abuse their gifts but there is good and bad you know with everything but spirituality and the things that seem new age um that everyone is trying most of it's been around for centuries they meditate all over the bible right and prayer <laughs> prayer is meditation prayer is meditation prayer is also if i know this going to who this going to ruffle some feathers but it's true prayer is manifestation it's when you when you pray you ask god for something and then when it happens it's manifested other people call that law of attraction but and other people call that prayer and when the scripture talks about when three, more than is it three are gathered more than right. two i believe right how basically that makes it more powerful that's because vibration and energy and yes. you have three people focusing on the same thing see spiritual people call that law of attraction and manifestation you all call it prayer so it, we're all doing pretty much the same thing we're just calling it different things when you move into a home and you have a priest your priest comes over and he blesses the home what do you think he's using sage he's using sage but if we do that it's like what kind of witchcraft is leah doing over there but it's the same thing and when i go through my home and i'm cleansing it it's so that i can cleanse the things that are getting in the way from me being connected to god it's actually very holy yes girl <laughs> absolutely all about intentions it's all about intentions it is and uh, instead of I, I think instead of us realizing that most of the things that we're seeking are pretty similar instead of realizing that and working together and loving on each other more we want to be so obsessed and upset about the different types of labels like you're mentioning just because someone calls it this way or because they explain it a different way now oh no now you go against this so it becomes like a little mini war war mini war that we are creating for no reason i think instead of looking at like you said the intention and the original meaning for it right so 
I think it's important. I think it's great how you were able to illustrate that, that at the end of the day, we're all doing the same thing, right? We want something to change, something to manifest, something to happen in our lives that is going to make us feel better, happier, <laughs> whatever else it may be, or we may want it for someone else, right? And then again, we're sending that energy out, like you're saying, and eventually it gets manifested. So I, I love it. Well, and I will say, I think that um, a lot of people are moving away from the label of religion. You know, there's very few, there's very few churches nowadays that have a label on them. Most of them go by non-dominational. Um, and also with that being said, I was at a, um, at a sermon, ironically, and they were talking about how many churches close a day. And I wish I could find that piece of paper, but it was literally like a thousand something. I was like, what? Around the U.S. close a day. So I think that people are pulling away from the parts of religion that have became non-healthy. And I, I really feel they're pulling more towards the versions that are healthy. And I think that um, a healing is, is going to happen around the world very soon. There are so many people that are so aware now. And you've got teenagers that, you know, they're all now figuring out their own faith very soon. Yes. It's, it's so beautiful. And they're earth conscious and they are trying to feed their self the right foods. And I mean, so this new generation, I think, I think church is going to be, look completely different. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree. And that's something when I, when I lived in Oklahoma, I have never in my life seen so many churches ever, right? Every corner. But I also Old was going to the more church. Yes. But I was also going into the prison system, right? So my husband and I went to um, jails, juvenile detention centers, prisons, right? We did all that. And actually, I did some research. I don't know if it's changed now, but when I looked, Oklahoma had the biggest incarceration rates. So I'm like, hmm, there's a church in every corner, but everybody's getting locked up. And then I'm also seeing so many homeless people, so many alcoholics, right? So what is, again it really triggered it that I need to look into this more. Why are people so miserable when we have churches in every corners? So I think a lot of the stuff that you talked about, that you've covered, explains it. We have a lot of things that are happening to us that we are not working through and we are not diving into, regardless of what our, right, what, what our belief system is, we just want to look at the surface and want the quick fix and whatever is easy to apply, we will. And the other things it's, we can point fingers, right? So that is something huge that I was noticing. Never seen that before. So it was, it was interesting for sure. Yeah. And I think that's also because, you know, like we said earlier, they're depending on um, someone else to deliver the message and you can, you can only get so far with that. And that's not fair to the pastor either. But you can only get so far with depending on someone else to have the relationship with God for you. That's not what you were sent here to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> I think that's good. <laughs> so let's move on. We're almost done. But let's... Okay. We're almost done, but I want to talk about this because this is going to help a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of women. What was the most challenging part 
or parts in your life and how were you able to overcome that? Well, the most challenging part, and I, I always say, I, just because we're a coach, honey, don't mean we have it all figured out. We're all a work in progress. I still have caution tape hanging off of me. So um, my hardest part would, would definitely be um, relationships. Relationships um, on an intimate level for me have a way of teaching me things that nothing else can, um, creating a vulnerability in me that I will admit I have run, ran from. I like to be strong and um, independent and all that stuff. Um, but I had such a huge, huge quest for so long to find the one. And I had no idea how I tried to turn everyone into that. You know, like if they even asked me on a date, should we hadn't even ordered salad? And I'm already in my mind planning the wedding, you know? And, um, oh God, yes, can't wait. I'm thinking of our kids and selfies and all kinds of stuff. How sad is that? But I would secretly hope that everyone would be the one. And it became this major disconnection in me that I kept feeling like this outside source was going to be what saved me. And I just kept looking for saviors. And it ended up making me have to save myself um, in ways I should have probably never put myself through. You know, just looking for scraps of love, settling for anyone who would make time for me, answering calls that no man should ever be calling, you know, me at 1 a.m., but little Leah craving love would answer the phone, you know, um, and just settling, just settling for so much of my life I should have never settled for. And that's what it brought me to. It just brought me to this place that I felt so unworthy of getting love that I deserve or respect that I deserved. And um, so, yeah, that brought me to a very lonely place and um, a very dark place. And, and that is where I found me. Hmm. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Yes. I love it. Being able to, to be able to be vulnerable and especially in front of many people is a huge, huge strength. So thank you so much. I know somebody needs to hear that. And it's definitely gonna make it a little bit more worth it, right? Because the most important part is what you said at the end. That's where you found yourself, right? Yes, I, 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 I love it. So how? Let's 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 do this one before we wrap up with okay. something I haven't mentioned yet. But so how okay. are you? How are you moving on from this? How are you? Are you still? searching for love in your head, what would you tell the woman who's listening right now who's had similar experiences as you and who feels frustrated, maybe feels like she's given up on love? Where, where do you go from here? Yeah. Um, well, 
I, I had to really look at who it was that was wanting the love. That was a big part. And who was wanting the love was little Leah. And little Leah used to dream, honey, I, I really thought I was Cinderella. And I would dream that that prince was going to come in my little carriage. And so what I realized is at a very young age, I really associated a man being a savior. And without realizing it, I gave it that label. And so every man got that role of saving me. And the more work I did, I started realizing what a screwed up thing that was for me to do. Because it put so much pressure on a man that is coming in doing all the work I should have done for 30 years. And I'm expecting him to do what I don't feel I'm worth doing for myself. And then get mad at him if he's not willing to do it. I mean, we're just setting him up to fail, right? and then get mad at him, but yet not mad at us. And this just became the cycle. It was like, no matter who the man was or mask he wore, it was the same issue. And I felt lonely and worse every time and that beat myself up and it was so embarrassing going to functions because nobody knew who the flavor of the month would be. It's not like I wanted that, you know, I didn't want to be Baskin Robbins, but I wasn't being picky with who I, who I was even allowing myself um, to go on dates with, knowing well, women that they would say and do things before I even went on the date that would tell me right away that this person was not good for my self-worth, but I went anyway. Um, so when you're, you know, when you're laying there at night on a Friday night and you're lonely and you are so tired of eating Ben and Jerry's, and all you want is just someone to see who you are. I know it's hard and you're going to want to do it, but um, you've got to, instead of reaching for the phone, reach for the pen and the journal and write what you're really feeling. Is it that you want to call because you're scared you're never going to find somebody? Is it that you want to call them because you, you're not feeling very pretty that day or attracted that day and you want to hear a validation that you are? What are you searching for in that person that you're not willing to give you? If, all, if, if there's nothing, then call him. But chances are, if you do that exercise before you pick up the phone, you're going to see that you're actually picking up the phone or missing that person because of the temporary validation it brings you. But that validation will go away because it's not authentic. So if you do the work on you in that moment and reach for what you're really wanting and give it to you, not only will your vibration and your energy and your chakras and all that good stuff change, what you're attracting will change too. When you feel low about yourself, that's what you're going to attract. You're only going to attract as high as your vibration is. You might attract a little higher, but it's not going to be Prince from Cinderella higher. Right. Love it. Tangible and something that they can put into practice right away. I love it. Grab the pen and not the phone. <laughs> My friend Angie calls it the magic wand. She calls a pen the magic wand because everything <laughs> you write down turns into action. Yes, it certainly does. Absolutely. I love it. And do what Ivana, aren't you who told me this? What you can do and what I do, I rarely go out. So I spend a lot of time alone. And I kind of like me, you know, 
So if he, can, if he ain't better than the entertainment I'm providing myself, I ain't going. So what I like to do, wasn't it you that said to sit down and write the list of what you want? Mm -hmm. Okay. So girl, when you want to pick up the phone, pick up the pen and just like it's a menu, like it is the best steak dinner, start writing down in detail. Y'all should yep. read. I don't have a, pay, a page. I have a notebook. <laughs> okay. My meal. <laughs> right? Absolutely. I do. I write down what it's going to feel like when I wake up in the morning and he kisses my forehead and has made me go organic coffee in my favorite mug. I sure do. It works. Trust me, it works. <laughs> we'll see. Sometimes you get better than you wish for as well. So I love it. Great advice. So before we give the listeners the gift, you promised. I haven't told them what it is. So before we do that, <laughs> now I'm wondering. I'm trying to remember. Do you remember? It will come to me. Okay. So before we do something that is going to help us all, how can the audience reach out to you, connect to you, learn more from you, ask you any questions? Yes. So um, if you have anything in your life where you feel stuck and it has, it's coming up for you at least one or two, three or four times, and you can tell this is something repetitive and you don't want to keep living the same life over and over, let's start doing energy work or inner child work. It's all label that, but it's just a package of beautiful spiritual stuff. Um, call me, excuse me. I always give away a 30 minute free um, discovery call where we can see if we're a good fit and see what I recommend for you. And we can do those on the phone or in person. And um, there's all kinds of packages to choose from there. Or you can go to the Soulful Goddess, which is my baby. It is uh, my Facebook group. And it is made up of almost 700 incredible women that all have some beautiful thing to attribute to the group. And we uplift each other. We always have speakers in there. And it's about spirituality and everything you really should know as a woman. Um, no topic is off topic. And so, yeah, you can work with me that way. Or I also have um, courses coming up. And... Um, trying to get one brewing with uh, somebody really special with the initials IR. Um, and so, yeah, we're trying to get something in the works too. So there's always a way to work with me. Love it, love it. I'll make sure also that I pin all the links that they are able to easily access all of that. So thank you. That's amazing. So the gift that <laughs> the listeners are so patiently working, uh, wait, working for, <laughs> waiting oh, for, waiting for it. Uh oh, under pressure. Subconsciously, they are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Ivana, who'd you talk to? <laughs> <laughs> so you had mentioned that you could do um, um, a little brief meditation, a little taste of what what it is. We didn't even talk about that today. You'll have to come back and talk about the meditation work that you do, right? Your oh, yeah. So if you want to do that or some other exercise that you want to get the audience a feel of what it feels like or some reading techniques, whatever you want to do. Okay. So, um, yeah, we can do that. I'll try to make it short and sweet because I, I know I've kept you a long time. 
Okay, and I will um, also give you a link to put in the comments that um, is a longer meditation that they can do. That is one I created so that I let them get back to their families. Okay, so um, the most important thing to do, honestly, is to just promise yourself that five minutes a day, five minutes a day, you are going to breathe. I don't care if you are breathing and you're doing this on the toilet at work and that's the only five minutes you get. It is five minutes that's gonna help you be more mindful. So we'll just take a breath and we'll just breathe in our chakras. That's what we'll do, winging it. Okay, so take, slowly take a deep breath in through your mouth, swallow, breathe out through your nose, In through your mouth. Ivana, stop making me laugh. Breathe out through your nose. Now I want you to take your hands and you're going to form a triangle and you're going to place them above your belly button. We are going to now continue to breathe in through our mouth, swallow, and allow that breath to go all the way down to meet our hands. Once it meets our hands, release. Again. This is the place as women, especially, we hold our power. We hold our courage and our creativity. And if you are ever working on a business, a new idea, trying to attract clients, you wanna make sure that this area is getting a lot of your attention. Breathing in again to the root, letting it sit just a little bit longer, giving it a hug and release. Now, as crazy as that sounds, we are already almost at five minutes. That's how quick it goes. So I don't know, I might have just made that up. So you're gonna go up and go into the middle of your stomach, breathing in. Hold it and release. Again, this time really allow your shoulders to rise and then when you exhale, let them droop. Gently bringing your attention up into your chest and your heart, breathing in, holding that breath into your chest, just breathing in compassion and forgiveness and understanding, breathing out. Again. You're just gonna repeat this again until you get to the count of five. Feeling your heart rate just slower and goes a little bit slower. Now moving up into your throat, knowing this is also where you hold so much of your power. Life and death is often spoken with the tongue. 
Breathing in, doing this for the count of five, just allowing that breath to move through your throat, releasing any unspoken words, anything you've been holding back. Now moving up into your headspace and just allowing yourself to breathe in through the top of your head, allowing that breath to go all the way down to your crown, knowing that this is how we connect with spirit. So many messages from the divine come in this area, but so many of us are blocked or clogged with negative self-talk and limiting beliefs. So you're just gonna breathe in five times into that space. And when you get done, I want you to place your hands on your heart. Keeping your eyes closed, I want you to imagine that above you is a beautiful, sacred, white waterfall. This white waterfall is full of God's protection, of God's guidance and love and healing. Imagine that waterfall pouring all over your crown, filling it with light, healing any darkness. Imagine that white sacred light going down your body, moving any tension in your neck and shoulders and back. Feeling that waterfall just pour down all through your chest and your stomach. all down your body, just allowing you to feel more connected. Breathing in again, taking a final deep breath in through your mouth and a really large release. Slowly bringing your attention back to the room, opening your eyes, just becoming aware of where you are. As you can see, that was just a very short, simple guided meditation. They don't need to be that long at all, but you are just bringing breath into those areas. And you can see how just five minutes feels different. It just allows those thoughts and um, somewhere to go to have an exit. Loved it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I know we went over, but I think we needed to. <laughs> yes, we went as long as we needed to, absolutely. So Leah, thank you one more time for coming on today and all the magical and wonderful things you've shared with us today. I definitely benefited from it. So I know that anybody else listening is benefit, benefiting from it too. So thank you so much. And I look forward to having you come back in the future. Thank you. I love you so much. Thank you for this opportunity. I love you too.